Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. My name's James Whitmore and it's Sunday the 12th of September. This show is being broadcast from the Kulin Nations where sovereignty was never ceded and I pay my respects to elders past, present and those to come. In today's show, the latest from the climate crisis and on gas developments in Bass Strait. We'll be right back after this announcement. We're talking about ecological thinning and subsidised longing, but we basically mean the same things, don't we, here? Wherever there are chemical corporations around the world, they're constantly trying to chip away at regulations. Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories, from developments in government and industry to the campaigns and communities that are standing up to them. Earth Matters plays at 11am Sunday and 6.30am Wednesday. Turn your dial to 855am or listen online at 3cr.org.au. While the headlines have subsided, the nuclear power plant is still not under control, with the spent fuel rods removed from only one out of four reactors. Law needs to change so that uh, our rights can be recognised, so that decisions in relation to the use and exploitation of our lands is out. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. Lots of climate news in the past couple of weeks following the latest report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and into the lead-up of the next international climate change negotiations in Glasgow. This week, the UN Special Advisor on Climate Change, Selwyn Hart, reiterated that Australia should stop using coal by 2030, along with other developed nations. A study in Nature found that 95% of Australia's coal reserves, 40% of our oil and 35% of our gas must stay in the ground to have a 50% chance, that's a coin flip, of keeping warming below 1.5 degrees. And of course, earlier this year, the IEA, that's the International Energy Agency, said that exploration and development of new fossil fuel resources should stop this year. Meanwhile, in Australia, of course, the federal government is still talking up a gas-led recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. It's at that, in that context that a new fight is developing against gas projects in Bass Strait. In July, the federal government regulator NOPSEMA approved gas developers Conoco Phillips to begin seismic surveys west of King Island. And on Thursday this week, Beach Energy, another company, received approval to begin seismic testings at a different site east of King Island, about 60 kilometres from the town of Stanley on Tasmania's north coast. As I found out, environmental and community groups are also concerned about the impact on marine life. I spoke to Ali King from Surfriders Tasmania, who has been campaigning against these bass stroke gas projects. All right, Ali, what do you make of the announcement yesterday from the federal government regulator that another gas company, Beach Energy, is allowed to begin seismic surveys this time around 60 kilometres north of Stanley and 75 kilometres east of King Island? Well, to be honest, the news does not surprise me at all. Um, I've been following, obviously, the seismic in Tasmania um, for a while and Nope Seema have, 
you know, I, I actually don't believe that they have ever declined um, any application. They've absolutely sent them back for amendments, but I don't think they've ever actually said, nope, you can't do this here. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, it is disappointing, obviously, um, as with all of this in the oil and gas and the new releases um, that's gone ahead. But, yeah, it's not surprising. I do actually have a little bit of hope on this one because Beach Energy have said that they will invest in doing some science around, you know, fisheries um, and the impacts around that. So I think that could be a bit of a positive thing going forward. Um, because the area in particular is, you know, famous for blue spot fat, flathead, sorry, blue spot flathead, uh, King George Whiting, you know, they're prized fishing grounds um, that are known about quite far and wide. So I think that that information could help us. But yeah, disappointing, but unsurprising, essentially. Mm. So can you tell us about um, surf riders and what you drew you to get involved with the other King Island campaign? This is the gas field to the west of King Island. Yeah, absolutely. So um, basically, Surf Rider Tasmania actually formed due to this going on. Um, basically, a few of us, you know, a couple of mates of mine and people that have been involved in um, all sorts of, I guess, trying to do do better things for the earth activism and things so sorry i worded that terribly um basically yeah it formed um due to this seismic testing so a, a crew down here got together um we've seen i think particularly in tassie i mean we are an island and the majority of the public live near the coast and there isn't really any organization down here that is specifically ocean based so we really saw a gap um, and this seismic thing really brought it to our attention and said, well, you know, we're an island and we're not doing enough to protect our waters. So we sort of all jumped on board. We formed Surf Rider Tasmania and that was with the support of Surf Rider National. Um, so they actually got in touch with us and said, look, we'd love to have a bit more involvement. Tassie's obviously got a lot of marine issues going on. Let's all start to work together. So that's what we've done. Um, Surf Rider Tasmania have formed the No Gas Across the Bass campaign. So that's our campaign to basically work on all of these oil leases in Bass Strait. So the predominant one was Conoco Phillips testing west of King Island. Um, that's been the one we've put the most amount of work into, I guess, because that's an area that, you know, it was seismic tested a long time ago, but there's no gas and oil fields in that area currently and there are a lot of new releases so in March this year the government put I think another five leases out off the west of King Island and the west coast of Tassie so that's sort of our broader aim to work on all of those but obviously as they keep popping up you know we're focusing on particular leases with particular companies. Mm. And can you tell us about what are the main concerns that you have around these gas developments? Well there's quite a few concerns i mean overall we don't need any new oil and gas um the ipc ipcc report that's just come out says you know if we're going to reach zero emissions by 2050 we cannot um, drill for any more oil and gas um you know climate change is a massive factor and we shouldn't even be looking for it we should be investing into renewables instead um, in terms of seismic testing you know the issue with that is we don't even know about the impacts. Um, the the science has not been done. And, you know, there, there's been little bits here and there. Um, there's science to say that it does harm 
zooplankton um, actually kills them within a 1.3 radius. There's science to say that it harms crayfish sensory organs. So, for instance, if they flip over, they can't flip back up. But the problem is science is expensive to do. And, you know, we need these companies, if, if they're wanting to be seismic testing our oceans and, you know, making millions and billions of dollars out of exploiting these fossil fuels, they need to be investing in doing this research around it so that we know the impacts. Um, the ocean is really hard to study and, you know, some of these impacts, for instance, cray crayfish larvae, um, they swim around in the water column for two years. So we could see this test happen now and we might not see impacts until two years down the track. And, you know, by then the company's walked away. So we need investment now into to getting these answers and we should have these answers before we are mindlessly releasing more of our oceans for oil and gas exploration. Mm. And did I read that you grew up on one of the islands? Was it King Island? No, I grew up in Tasmania, oh, yeah. if that counts. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Short ass. Yeah, not, um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, growing up down here, um, I've spent a lot of my time, you know, up the east coast, I've spent a lot of my time up on the northwest coast as well and for me, I mean, people go, oh, you know, you're in Tassie, you're remote. But for me, when I go to the northwest coast, it's my favourite place on earth. It's mm. the one place that I feel that I can, you know, get out of the city. I can I can walk down the beach and not see another soul. I can breathe fresh air. Um, I, You know, I drive tourist buses, actually, and right. I get that many people on my buses that come down here. I take them, you know, to one of these sort of wild places and they go, oh, what's that smell? And it's actually fresh air. <laughs> um, you know, they, they actually haven't smelt, you know, the, the sea and the air. And for me, it's like, it's just unfathomable because I've grown up with it, but it just shows, you know, and they all leave with this, you know, this place is amazing. We need to protect this, you know, and, and in my opinion, it's all worth more, you know, in its natural state for fisheries, for tourism, which obviously are both going under a lot of issues from COVID and things, but that's not going to stay around forever and we're going to need these industries to rely on um, once oil and gas goes down the drain because it is a dying industry. So, mm. and, and what led you to, you know, become an activist around, um, around this campaign? Was this, have you been previously active in environmental campaigns? Honestly, not really. Mm. Um, so I actually used to just work a couple of years ago. I worked, you know, in a normal nine to five job and um, selling cars of all things actually. <laughs> and I've, I don't know, I guess I grew up around the ocean. I've always liked surfing and things, but I got a little bit tied up in that nine to five life. Um, mm -hmm. And I went on a walk one day and down to our South coast actually, which is one of the most remote places in the world. You know, you can't drive in there. You can only get there by a walking a boat or a helicopter so when I got down there there was plastic all over the beach I saw a seal literally there suffocating in a fishing net and I quit my job and mm. applied to uni so mm. I guess once I got into my Bachelor of Marine and Antarctic Science which relates a lot to climate and our oceans um, it didn't take long for me to realize how severely in trouble we are. And that's when I sort of dropped everything and said, no, I have to do something to fight this. All right. Good um, on you. Yeah. Um, what can people do to get involved in these, um, in these Bass Strait gas development campaigns? So at the moment, um, 
we are working on a bit of a longer term plan. I think a big issue with this is education. So seismic testing happens out at sea. You know, it's remote. We don't see the impacts. We don't hear it. Um, so it's not in our faces. You know, it's not like those plastic issues or, you know, forestry where we might, you know, it's obvious. So education is the biggest thing. Um, we need people to understand what seismic testing is. We need them to understand why they're doing it. Um, it's a big picture to draw together. So if, you know, I think at the moment people educating their friends, starting the conversation, you know, just talking about these things and getting it known. A lot of people I've spoken to have gone, oh, well, yeah, that sounds bad, but, like, I don't really know what seismic testing is. And, you know, if we can get it, it out there and it known, um, I think that's a massive step as well. Um and putting, you know, pressure on our on our MPs as well is going to be a massive thing because as much as we can go, you know, we're apolitical, which we are. Um, personally, I don't care, you know, who people vote for as long as their policies are good and correct and, you know, to better all of us. So putting those pressure on all of our MPs, uh, writing to, you know, anyone that you might have had contact with in, in high up areas that can influence this in in the right way that's a really great thing to do as well uh, we are hoping to have a few paddle out events and things that's obviously easier down here in Tassie than it is in Melbourne at the moment um, but if we do have any Tassie listeners and you want to come along um, sing out that's a great thing to do another thing is um, surfers for climate actually have a petition on their Instagram and Facebook pages to end all oil and gas releases so that's a really great way to jump on board, put your name to that as well. That was Ali King from Surfriders Tasmania. And you can stay up to date with their campaign by following No Gas Across the Bass on Facebook or on Instagram. We'll be right back with more on these campaigns. But first, here's a tune. This is Birds and Tom Crawford with They Don't Know. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio. Something I want, they can do it better, man. Whatever I'm on, some other next level shit just. 
me and my brother went banging on the heads again. I bet you don't remember when I'm knocking on the door. <laughs> Just to drop them off some more. <laughs> of that raw, uncut shit. Make you fall in love with. Lining up the bump it. I don't give a fuck, kid. That was Birds and Tom Crawford with They Don't Know, and you're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. To find out more about these gas developments around King Island, and particularly the concerns around the impact of seismic testing on marine life, I caught up with Tom Allen from the Wilderness Society, who's been out on King Island speaking to community members. Tom, so recently you've been out on King Island. Can you tell us a bit about what you've been doing out there? Yeah, um... The Wilderness Society went to King Island um, along with Surfrider organisation. Um, and, you know, the reason we were there is because um, uh, a company, uh, the United States uh, third largest oil and gas company, ConocoPhillips, um, you know, had recently announced it was planning to seismic blast um, about 25 kilometres um, off the west coast of King Island. Um, and we basically wanted to understand better what people on the island thought, how much they knew about it, um, and to you know really get an understanding of what we believe would be the adverse impacts to um, the uh, the fishery off the west coast of, of uh, King Island. Mm. And so, what are the main concerns with the with the, this uh, seismic blasting exploration? Well. You know, there's multiple concerns. I think um, one is a kind of big picture concern, which is that um, the International Energy Agency announced um, earlier this year uh, sending a shockwave through the uh, fossil fuel industry that there should be no new oil and gas um, exploration or expansion starting from this year. So, you know, that's the global peak body on energy. Um, and that's really the context against, um, we, against which things like this are happening. Um, and so from that, you know, there really is no legitimacy for um, any company, including the Australian government, to keep um, expanding uh, oil and gas exploration. So that's the, the big harm is to climate change and, and the environment. And then if you scale down and focus in on King Island, um, there will be kudos to the Tasmanian government, which recently put in a submission to a Senate inquiry on seismic blasting, which put forward the scientific evidence uh, that seismic blasting causes permanent damage to uh, you know, marine life, including invertebrates. And it just so happens that a key industry for King Island uh, are invertebrates, rock lobsters. Um, there's a $22 million uh, annual um, value uh, lobster industry. And that's one of the reasons we went to King Island to actually hang out with crayfisher um, people, skippers, um, fishermen and women, and to meet their families. And we were lucky enough to go out on a crayfishing boat and my job is to go to an office most uh, days of the week 
of their job is five days a week to go out on a crayfishing boat to catch crayfish and that's their livelihood that's how they pay the mortgage and put food on the table and you know the evidence put forward by the Tasmanian government is that the seismic testing that's um, that's happening now will wipe out that fishery can you just explain that how um, seismic testing affects invertebrates yeah. like rock lobster yeah well what seismic testing is is basically a sonic boom so when I was growing up um, in the UK, um, I remember Concorde flying um, from, you know, a London airport to France, you know, right up in the sky. And because it flew so fast, you'd hear these massive booms through echoing through the sky, like kind of like thunder, but louder because Concorde was breaking the sound barrier. Uh, what seismic testing does um, and ConocoPhillips actually confirmed to one of the fishermen while we were on the island that the seismic testing it uses is 212 decibels loud Now, 212 doesn't sound much but 212 decibels is really at the upper limit of any sound anywhere like the loudest sounds humans have ever created are, are about 200 250 decibels so it's incredibly loud if if depending on the distance if you were in a city and there was a noise that loud, you know, relatively near you, your windows would shatter and your, your ears would bleed. And so what um, ConocoPhillips is doing is towing six um, modules behind um, a ship uh, and every few minutes there are these sonic booms, these seismic blasts, which I like radar, but they don't bounce off the seabed. They actually penetrate the seabed. And depending on how um, quickly and slowly and in what way they bounce back, that's how Conoco knows um, that there's you know, oil, uh, gas reserves under the seabed. And so uh, it'll be doing this testing for 40 to 50 days off, off King Island. And every few minutes, there'll be these sonic booms going into uh, into the sea, into the marine um, seabed. And the thing about sound underwater is because water is denser than air, sound travels much, much further. Um, and, you know, lots of marine animals use sound uh, to communicate, or whales, obviously, and are really sensitive to sound waves and and it's basically a form of energy which you know like a like a shockwave from a bomb reverberates through the water and can be so violent that it permanently damages or kills you know a whole host of marine life including um rock lobsters and we talked to a fisherman um kieran who had been fishing off victoria when they'd um, done seismic testing there and what he said was everything we pulled up the next day was either dead or dying mm. and so it's it's it has there been much scientific research around this impact on on invertebrates because i'm aware of mm. um, research around marine mammals particularly but yeah. it's sort of um a different thing the impact on invertebrates yeah there hasn't um there's been some but there hasn't been enough and some of the kind of question marks allow companies like Conoco to say, you know, or what, what we know, um, in our view, 
um, means that what we're doing is manageable and the impacts are okay. But there's a really amazing principle um, which is scandalously underused and ignored. <laughs> it's called the precautionary principle. And what that means is if you can't prove something is safe, assume it's harmful. Mm. And that's a really great idea because it's a really um, effective way of protecting you and me and the environment. Um, but it's almost never used by, by government. It's not being used in this instance. It's not being used by companies like Conoco. Um, and what evidence we do have um, shows, you know, I, I'll point again to the um, really welcome evidence provided by the Tasmanian government and Tasmanian scientists and scientists at CSIRO, um, which, uh, quote, said that the damage caused by seismic blasting would be permanent. Mm. And what that means is, you know, it's likely to kill um, uh, animals uh, in the marine environment and significantly for uh, a community like King Island, which depends for its livelihood on fishing, uh, you know, it could well be disastrous. And you mentioned, um, so the community is obviously calling for um, the exploration to stop. Where's the, um, wh where is the process at now? What happens next? Well, on the point about the community, it's a really good point. Um, and uh, one of the reasons we went to um, uh, King Island is to actually uh, survey the community because no one had actually asked King Islanders what they want. Conoco Phillips arrived and did some very rudimentary, um, uh, in inverted commas, uh, consultation, which basically said, we're going to do this stuff um, and, you know, we're interested in what you think. But uh, the reason we were there is because we surveyed most of the island and we used an independent research company called EMRS based in uh, Tassie. And, you know, therefore we put in place a kind of objective survey to ask what um, the islanders wanted. And so, you know, we don't know what the results are yet. I haven't got the okay. data back from the company, but that will be a really in, important indicator of what the community actually wants. Mm -hmm. And as far as the gas development itself go, it goes, yeah. what happens next after well, you said 40 yeah. days of testing? Yeah, so um, our understanding at the moment, like there's no actual communication really between what Conoco is doing, the federal government, which is basically allowed this to go ahead, and the community. You know, we sort of remain in the dark, so we sort of have, you know try have to try and find out what's going on, you know, through a whole bunch of uh, channels. It's our understanding that so the the seismic testing we think hasn't actually started yet. We think that the ship, um, which is kind of in place, is getting ready and it's sort of testing to test. Um, but that's not definite. It might have started. Um, it might not have started. Um, we don't know. That was Tom Allen from the Wilderness Society. And to keep up to date with what the Wilderness Society is doing around this, you can follow them on social media and check out their website. And that's all we've got time for this week. To listen to this program again or any of our previous episodes, you can head to www.3cr.org.au forward slash radio blue. We'll see you next week.